hello, 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 hello. This is episode number five. That was a very weird intro of the POD cast. But as you know, I always like to do the hello in the style of the band and with System of a Down, you could really do it in so many different ways. Uh, welcome to your favorite podcast that explores new metal uh, with a, I was going to say like a critical lens, but we're very shitty critics. Uh, <laughs> two guys who unabashedly love new metal are reviewing it one album at a time. Uh, this month, we are tackling System of a Down's Toxicity, and I am here with my co-host whose eyes were wired like the horse on a jet pilot. It's Brian Quinby. That's what he says. He says horse on a jet pilot. Yeah, wired were the eyes part. of a horse on a jet pilot. One that Why? smiled Why? when he flew over the bay. Wired were the eyes of a horse on a jet <laughs> pilot. One that smiled when he flew over the bay. You know, it's funny. You're an English teacher, so you can like explain poetry stuff. I was an English major for a little while, and I'm looking at like that song, and those words don't mean anything. No, this is not. This is not what we would call poetry, Brian. I wouldn't say this is. Um, well, we're gonna get to that because there's an article when we get to our article review uh, where Rick Rubin, the producer of this album, says some truly insane shit about this record and the, uh, specifically the lyrics and the songwriting. So we'll, we'll get to that, but, uh, this album is truly nuts. This is an, an absolutely fucking wild album. I feel like my intro, I wasn't very hyped up, but I am hyped to talk about this record because it's, it's insane. One, it's as weird as we're going to get. Probably. I don't think anybody went as weird as system of a down. No, I'm not sure, but most people stayed in like some sort of range, but two, uh, you know, any criticism of them is going to get us yelled at because they are again, like the Deftones, still super beloved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's weird to me. Cause to me, like I do, I agree with you. Like I think that system of a down had the same thing as Deftones where it felt like they were, kind of like above new metal like they were doing new metal but they were like you know people thought okay yeah i listen to this but this is like this is pretty cultured like i don't listen to limp biscuit i mean they're over there he's talking about breaking stuff like come on i'm i'm talking about the over arresting of people on narcotics charges that's what i'm talking about you know like i think system of a down was like a dumb band for it was like a smart band for dumb guys. Yeah. Like they yeah. were like the band that new metal guys could be like, no, like I've like, I've fucking no stuff, man. Like this is, I get it. It's kind of, yeah. it's, it's like what rage we're doing, but not, but like dumber than that, like much dumber. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, it's like, uh, I don't know if they're dumber than, cause I think I consider them smarter than rage against the machine, but maybe I'm wrong. Rage against the machine is a band that I think comes off. Like they read five books, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And system of a down seems like artsy dudes that like actually know about stuff. Right. So I don't know if I can, I don't know who I consider smarter really, but system of a down also did the smart thing of like, that's, this is something I would do, right? Like where you say, uh, I'm really interested in politics and then like write one or two politics songs and then make the rest of the songs about like pizza pie, as you said, before <laughs> yes. we recorded. Yes, exactly. Well, that's, that's from steal this album. That's not from toxic. That was a B side, Brian. Okay. It couldn't make it onto this record, which has songs about group sex. And, uh, which was, that is funny to me only because of the, 
repurposing of that song in the trailer for the secret life of pets where i do not know that yeah so the secret life of pets the cartoon that came out from dreamworks the main trailer for that features like the because they're you know the whole thing of that movie it's kind of like toy story it's like once the owners of the pets leave the house the pets get into mischief and whatever and then they try to act normal when their owners come home so the trailer is showing that so it's like the owners leave and then they turn on the stereo and the stereo is playing bounce. And so, yeah. And so it's just like bounce and then it's doing the like pogo, 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 pogo. And then there's like this, (laughs) the like little dog is like jumping like up and over the screen. And then, uh, and then they, and then someone like opens the door. Like it's like the, I think the owner maybe, or someone comes back in and they like shut the stereo off like really quickly. And then they leave again and then they'd like turn it back on. There's like bounce, pogo, 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 pogo. And like the song is very clearly about like, you know, having sex for drugs or whatever but they were just like yeah whatever we'll put it in our kids movie because it says pogo in it a bunch of times yeah it's basically a kid's song you know <laughs> yeah when you it's get like down a right, to nice it. little thing you play when you're putting your kid to bed <laughs> for sure well to me like okay you were saying last month when we reviewed hybrid theory from lincoln park that that was children's music like to me system of a down is almost more children's music than lincoln park is not that i think that 11 year olds were listening to it but just in the way that the music is done it just that that very like you know it's got a lot of like fast 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 fast, fast, fast slow fast 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 fast, fast, fast slow. like that's every song right but i think like I know when I first heard the album with Sugar on it, their first album, I did not like it at all. And it took me some getting used to these guys. These guys are like for a more refined new metal palette, I think. Okay. So you think that but, this was you you had to you had to train yourself to like this. This, this is, is like you had years of Applebee's and then <laughs> and then someone took you to a to a high-end restaurant and then you're like, "Oh shit." This is like prog rock in a way to me. Like it, it, because I don't like I went through a phase of my life where I really liked the Mars Volta. Sure. You know, we all did. I don't, we all went like, through that phase. I don't like any other songs over two and a half minutes, basically, <laughs> you know, but song goes over two and a half minutes. I'm like, can we get this like show on the road here? I think it's time for a new song. Let's fucking wrap it up. Yeah. And or if it's just like a song where I have to sit there and I'm like, this is this is too weird. Like that's what system of down is. They're pretty short songs, but they're all like really weird. So, I mean, I don't know if this album, uh, really would speak to a person like, uh, me at that time. You know, it it took some, it took a little bit of, uh, so this came out in 2001. Yeah. Seven days before 9-11. That's right. I don't know if there's a connection there or anything. There is. But uh, Jet Pilot yeah. was about 9-11 a week before. That's true. That's probably true. <laughs> so this came out then. Uh, I I assume I was listening to it by that time, or I maybe had had to hear Chop Suey. For, I think I heard Chop Suey, and I said, ooh, I really like that song. I'm going to get this album. Yeah, I think. And uh, I fell in love with it. I think Chop Suey was definitely like the gateway drug for a lot of people as far as getting into this record. Uh, So let's get into it. You've already kind of talked a little bit about the history. So as we've obviously alluded to, the record we are reviewing this episode is Toxicity by System of a Down, released on September 4th, 2001 by American Recordings and Columbia 
Records. It was their second album following their self-titled album System of a Down that came out in 1998, and it was very successful. It peaked at number one on the Billboard 200, selling 220,000 copies in its first week of release. It also peaked at number one in Canada. It sold at least 2.7 million copies in the U.S. to date and has sold at least 12 million copies worldwide. And in 2002, the album was certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. Uh, Crazy. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's crazy. You go. Uh, Yeah, I want to say, like, imagine this, right? You're this band uh, in this genre that is like completely not political like that all of new metal was basically yelling about your dad or girls up until this point you are a band that is like we're gonna take this this form of music and we're gonna add some politics we're gonna teach some lessons and then one week after it comes out 9-11 happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like hey we spoke this into power you guys can't even like because i mean here at least i don't know what it was like up there but here it was like uh people did not want to hear left ideas at that time right oh it was like very not something that you said i mean shit dude they took take let the bodies hit the floor off the air just because it said bodies hitting the floor oh you yeah know? that that list of like songs that clear channel banned or whatever is so wild like the 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 whole list and the reasons why imagine it, by john lennon was yeah. on there <laughs> imagine all the people living in peace brian that's clearly an incendiary song that we have to it's get sick. off of the it, air truly disgusting think of that with the largest military in the world is what i always say well and the thing that gets me about this record is that so some other facts about this is this album was also ranked number 44 on rolling stones 100 best albums of the decade for the 2000s and it was spins album of the year in 2001 so this I mean, record, I think like I it, agree with that, though. <laughs> I, I would have to look at album releases in 2001. But yeah. I would say this is a high achieving new metal album. Like this is as mainstream as it got. It's almost like a um, system of a down. If Deftones, I, I can't. I'm trying to tie these to classic rock people. And I guess like Deftones to me would be uh led zeppelin system of a down would be like bruce springsteen you know like they they are they are like two different types of music right but uh they're two different (laughs) concepts but they're roughly the same kind of music (laughs) i'm just getting (laughs) i'm just getting this image of bruce springsteen being like wide were the eyes of a horse on a jet pilot (laughs) (laughs) well i just think i think like i think covering politics uh first of all the stuff they were covering was very cool for a guy that's like really i do a you know you i do a political podcast and like covering the drug war in the way that they did i think was cool as shit just to say the damn words you know a lot of people are like i wrote this song about the drug war and then it's like mrs molly's handle of gin uh (laughs) something like that like where they're it's just like you're supposed to know that means cocaine you know (laughs) mrs molly sandal of gin (laughs) that's as good as i could get right there not a good improver 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to know that's cocaine. Just imagining <laughs> that. Honestly, like I'm so white and I'm so I so have never done drugs before that that is how I would try to find cocaine at a party. <laughs> I'd just go up to Ms. some sketchy looking guy and be like, "Excuse me, do you have Mrs. Molly's handle of gin?" <laughs> like, I don't know why you would say just another <laughs> another intoxicant. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the code for everything else everyone knows that yeah it's just <laughs> like all these so- uh, songs about the drug war never really did it for me because they didn't just say the words it's like it doesn't matter if you do a political song if nobody knows what you're talking about you sure know? sure and i think i i sort of agree with your earlier point that to me System of a Down sort of brought a bit of credibility in the sense that they were all Armenian. So they had, you know, ties to obviously genocide and and things like that, political unrest over there. Like, I think in some ways, <clears throat> even though I think all of them grew up in the States mostly, um, it still it gave it a bit of a cachet where you're like, OK, these guys have like struggled through some shit or they have family that struggled through some shit like it, it almost gave them. Um, a license to talk about it or a gravity in a way that like, I think that you get from hip hop too, right? It's like you, that sort of gangster, you feel like, okay, this person like grew up in the hood and they grew up in a, in a really, uh, you know, in a poverty situation and they had a really tough upbringing. And so when they rap about that, it brings some legitimacy to it. And I think system of a down had that, even though they weren't necessarily rapping about Armenia, but the idea of like them being able to, focus a critical lens on America, you you felt like, okay, yeah, these guys are in a position where I can accept that they're doing this. Right. Which again, after 9-11, but like I just, this album should have come out in 2002. Then yes. it would have been like, all right, now we're talking. Like coming out on September 4th, 2001 to me is so fascinating because like the world, like I was just talking about this on Twitter the other day, like all the news in that week, everything on the news was about shark attacks. They're like, we got to stop these shark attacks. What are these fucking sharks doing? You know, they're attacking us a lot. And uh, so like, we weren't like engaged at all in anything, you know, and it was almost also like pre uh, the polarizing politics where it's just like, if somebody's on the other side, you hate them. Like this was kind of before that all started too. that started with nine 11. That was like the beginning of where we are now. So this was recorded in a totally different world, but almost feels like it could have been of this time, you know, or of that time. This is one of the more timeless political albums. I think that's, well, it helps May. it helps when your lyrics mean absolutely nothing. So you could that's you true. could ascribe them to any political time. I mean, the one song that's like very overtly political is as the one you mentioned, uh prison song, uh which is the very first song on the album, which is again like so much of this album in 2019 is almost impossible for me to wrap my head around. Like I remember being in high school, I remember Chop Suey coming out and thinking this is uh, the coolest song I've ever heard. I loved it. I rem- and then I got the album. I thought the album was incredible and I loved it. But it just like in 2019, you look back and you're like, how is it possible 
that this was an album that sold 12 million copies and went <laughs> to number one on the Billboard 200. Like, and literally, like, even the the opening of Prison Song makes almost no sense. You turn on the album and it just goes dun 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 and then surge whispers they're trying to build a prison and you're like what the fuck is happening right now like the album literally starts with one note and four pauses of silence and you're like how is this how is this the start of a billboard 200 number one fucking record it's like it blows my goddamn mind okay here's the other here's the other songs in the top five okay when this came out do you want to guess we've played this game before do you want me to just tell you oh man 2001 2000 i'll tell you right now one of them is a compilation and the other three Mm. are all uh female artists well, so now that's what they call music. That's right. And do, would you like to guess the number? I would never be able to guess the it, it 23. Now seven. Seven? Now seven. What are we at now? Now? Now on now? I think they've got to 100, haven't they? I don't know. I'm looking. I'll look right now. Yeah. But uh, I I think, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm trying to think. Looks well, like they're at I would 10... imagine Mariah Carey is in there. Nope. Good guess, though. All right, they're at 104. 104. Yeah unbelievable yikes Yikes. like who's buying and they go platinum like 103 is gold 102 is gold 101 went platinum 99 went platinum 98's gone double platinum 97 like they all go fucking platinum there have been in the history of now that's what they call music there have only been two two of them that have not gone platinum my, my daughter bought one when she was like six and I yelled at her for it. Cause it's like, what are you doing? This is this crazy. Right. This is that's yeah. nuts. That's a nuts stat. <laughs> anyway, Mariah Carey. Good guess. I would say artists in that vein. I'll I'll say all three of them are African-American women. Oh, Lauren Hill. No, also a good guess. But I think uh, miseducation was what? 98, 99. I don't know. Yeah, a little uh, bit, a little I would have never listened to it back then. That's fair. Cause this is, here's something with this album and I'll talk about it after I guess these albums is like this album truly articulate or, or shows me how stupid I was in 2001. Yeah. We That's are. one of the things this album does to me when I listen to it. But uh, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, um, man, I, Tony Braxton. <laughs> no, she's was a little, Tony Braxton. She, she right? had been a little before that. I think, ah, geez, Janet Jackson uh, again, a little before that. The, well, no, not before that. Her titty came out on uh, the Super Bowl after 9-11. <laughs> yeah, the, those are the two tragedies of our time. <laughs> 9-11 and Jennifer Lopez's breast being exposed at the Super Bowl. It was Bowl. Janet Jackson. Oh, so Jennifer Lopez oh, sorry, is Janet one of these, Jackson, right? Sorry. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez No, she's at 11. Uh, I'll like, never figure these okay. out. So number two, Alicia Keys. Oh, I love her. Number three, Aaliyah. I like her too. Yeah. Number four is now seven. Number five, Mary J. Blige. Oh, all good. though. All good. Wow. Yeah. And People this is a weird taste. The top 20 at this time is like, so you like, this is a very weird thing to me where you can clearly see if you look at this top 20 at this time what white people were listening to and what everyone else was listening to. Cause okay. So here, here are the, I would say white people representatives in the top 20 system of a down now seven stained 
Lincoln Park, In InSync, Slipknot, Gorillas, Puddle of Mud, Alien Ant Farm, Enya, and the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. That's Man. The, so that's the whites. That's the white 10. Uh, here's everyone else. Alicia Keys, Aaliyah, Mary J. Blige, Maxwell, Afro Man, Jennifer Lopez, Brian oh, McKnight, Juvenile, and the Isley Brothers featuring Ronald Isley. Oh, such good music. All Great of that music. stuff was actually like really good, and but, all the white stuff was like... I mean, I like it, but I don't think anybody <laughs> yeah. would consider it great. No, no. I think that's the one, like, and I said, this is what this whole podcast is basically about, like, being white and, and having de facto horrible taste as a result. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Not to make it into a race thing, but I think we can all agree <laughs> white people have bad taste and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what a, the thing I was thinking about is... uh so I'm, I'm looking at just prison song, right? Sure. Like my analysis of prison song in 2019, which is it's very straightforward. It makes perfect sense. And everything he said in that song is true and really good. I mean, the dude is yelling while research and successful drug policy shows that treatment should be increased and law enforcement decreased while abolishing mandatory minimum sentences is like, that is all the stuff right there for sure <laughs> with a heavy beat. And back then I was singing that, that those lyrics I had fucking no idea that they were political of or course. About, like the drug. I just didn't even fucking no thought in my mind that it, they were anything other than like, yeah, man, prison suck, dude. Yeah. Like I was 16 when this came out, I was living in a suburb. So white, it is named white white rock is the name of it so that's how white it is is that it's even in the name of the town where i lived uh and i think like to me i think this was to me as a 16 year old what the free tibet thing was to 16 year olds in like 1996 and 97 who like you like the bc boys you liked rage against the machine you're like i don't know what tibet is but these concerts whip ass and it seems like it's pretty bad over there in tibet and you know what i really feel for these tibetans and i think i was the same i was just like driving around going to high school Again, I've talked about this on the show before, but I had just a pretty great and normal life and nothing was ever wrong. And I was like, yeah, you know what? The prison system in the U.S. is a little bit fucked up now that I think about it. Now that I've been, <laughs> now that I've been thinking about this. And it is like, it's so hard to wrap your head around like System of a Down coming up with this like this like really fun uh, beat. It's like really aggressive. It sounds really good. And then, yeah, Serge Tankian's whole thing is is <laughs> he's like, hmm. So how do you what do you guys think about this uh, this lyric uh, <laughs> abolishing mandatory minimum sentences like <laughs> and, and, I, and it's I all mean, like it, speak song and it's just <laughs> it's just so weird. It does sound like a song though. Oh, that's for the sure. fucking thing. The thing that's so crazy about it is he somehow took the words and made them sound like a song yes. because that those lyrics read like a fucking thesis statement or some <laughs> shit like that. Like he really packed in a lot of information in that song. Well, that was it too, right? Like I can, I can just think about being in my car, pardon me, driving around, just being like all research and successful drug policies show that treatment should be increased. 
and law enforcement decreased while abolishing mandatory minimum sentences, utilizing drugs. Like I'm just singing along in my car, like ooh, do 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 But the lyrics are just so bad and rough. Like not bad, but just like so. Like I have no clue about any of these issues, but I'm just you're. It's like it's like the Twitter meme. I'm just like silently nodding. Like mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> that's how I feel now. When I listen to him, I'm like, God damn! And again, that line you just stopped on though is like something out of an essay. Utilizing drugs to pay for secret wars around the world is a lyric to the fucking song. And I, I just what a miracle! Like it, it feels <laughs> like Serge Tankian could take any. Uh, list of words and make them into a song and that is a skill you don't see very much (laughs) that is definitely if you look at system of a down's entire career then that is exactly what happened if you Uh, could if surge tankian didn't make it in system of a down he could be at the carnival and people could hand them lists of words that they like, and he could put a song together for them, <laughs> sing it, yeah. and give them the sheet music, and whoom, he's making, you know, 35 bucks a pop, probably. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is what happened on some of their songs. He's like, you know what? <laughs> like, I, it had to be a bet. There had to be a bet. Are you telling me banana, 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 terracotta, banana, terracotta, terracotta pie wasn't a bet? Are you telling me that to me that was totally I, someone being like, hey, man, I bet you can't. Say, I bet you won't say terracotta pie in a song. He's like, are you you fucking kidding me? Have you heard every other song I've released? I'll put terracotta pie right in a song, right? I'll name the song terracotta pie. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He buys like really advanced copies of those magnetic poem things and <laughs> yeah. he just fucking throws them across the room he like grabs a random bunch and throws them across the room he's like all right man this is the word you got to work with on this one you yeah, know i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat here i'm gonna skip ahead and because uh, normally we we review articles from the time period towards the end of our review but this is just insane and it's t- we're talking about the lyrics right now so this is this is from a a rolling stone 10 things i bet you didn't know about toxicity okay and this came out this is actually came out 15 years later in 2016 uh but uh the way rick rubin talks about it is just it just it makes even less sense than what he's than what is happening in the songs because so this is this is 10 things you didn't know number two producer rick rubin offered the band crucial feedback on their reliably demented lyrics even though he had no idea what they meant uh and they're talking about some of the lyrics and then uh rick rubin said uh surge didn't have no that's about chop so he doesn't matter but this is his mission statement I don't know what it means, but I know how it makes me feel. He gushed of the band's linguistic style. It's like a lot of Neil Young songs where the lyrics don't necessarily make sense, but they give you this feeling of something going on. This does that. And it goes from that wackiness of the verse to the epic sadness of the chorus. He's talking about Chop Suey. It's so weird. And listen to how much harmony there is. Vocal harmonies. No one has vocal harmonies. What? I thought that was like part of harmonies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that other people can do it together. Every band on earth has vocal harmonies. What the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? Like maybe that wasn't like a thing in new metal. Okay, fine. But like, and also too, saying harmonies like, yes. Okay. There are some times where surge and Darren would harmonize. Cause Darren's got that kind of weird wacky ass 
voice that kind of goes along with Surge's sort of more like operatic style. But also most songs is just Surge singing sort of straight ahead and then Darren just like shrieking some weird line that makes no sense. Like in prison song where Serge Tankian is writing a fucking essay and then Darren Malakian comes in. He's like, Ooh, I buy my crack. I smack my bitch right here in Hollywood. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't, Why did they? Could you imagine if you bad. were, if you were handing in a, an essay and this is your essay, utilizing drugs to pay for secret wars around the world. Drugs are now <laughs> your global policy. Now you police the globe. I buy my crack. I smack my bitch right here in Hollywood. Drug money is used to rig elections and train brutal corporate sponsored dictators around the world. Oh, I'm <laughs> in their head now, John. I'm like, I am now sitting in their record, their writing session for this album. <laughs> You jarred something loose in my head and I can transport myself back to the time when they were writing this and sit in the room with them. And it's, it's, I mean, I, they had a conversation about this song. The lyrics were laid out there and Serge probably wrote all the smart stuff down. And then he left spots and he said, Hey, uh, Darren or Damien, what's his name? Darren, Darren Malakian. He's like, Hey, Darren. Uh, put something twisted in there and then it'll be like real like neck breaking speed there in the song and then Darren's like oh not only will I put something uh, twisted it'll be silly too so people are going to be real fucking turned in you know I, don't, I think like I could be in the situation where I'm writing this album write prison song and think like this might need something you know Sure, right. It might need a little bit of goofiness to sort of let. It's like uh, Shakespeare would often start the fifth act of tragedies with some sort of comic scene because he'd be like, okay, the play has been very heavy up to this point and I'm about to kill everybody. So we should put a little comedy at the start of act five so that people don't hate me when everyone dies after this happens. That was like Darren. Darren was like, oh shit, Serge has been going on for like two straight minutes about how we're incarcerating <laughs> a lot of bad people. Maybe I should just, who about my crack got smacked? He's just like, oh yeah, I'll just give a little bit to the people out there who are looking for some juice and then I will uh, <laughs> we'll turn it up. And, and then I also am imagining them in the studio and Rick Rubin <laughs> just takes a big hit of a bong right after this happened. So Darren's like, okay, I think I've got the right lead lyrics he adds them to the song everyone's kind of like i don't know if i'm feeling this and rick rubin's like you know who this reminds me of neil young yeah <laughs> this is i mean cool. neil young's songs largely make sense to me they totally make sense and the thing is too like radiohead uh, have said like for kid a what they did for some of the songs because tom york said he was going through some like insane writer's block was that he would like write out sentences and then kind of like try to figure a way to like put them together and like bands like that it's like yeah okay maybe the full song doesn't make like complete sense but it's poetic like the the lyrics are thought out carefully and there's like a poetry to them whereas like even if they seem a little bit incongruous it doesn't they, they it's still nice it's still beautiful it's nice and it's nice to hear a lot of times bands that do that it's like good singing like tom york you know has a pretty famously unique and excellent voice it's not darren being like who like it's a very different it's a very different thing yeah i'm with you i i, I mean uh i guess we can't like 
just talk about prison song. No, though. we can't. Because I, here's the thing about talking about prison song, justified song. Great. One of the great political songs I've ever heard. I'm putting it with this land is your land type stuff. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion for our time. So uh, that's the, I, I, that's we the, have to do the rest of this album. <laughs> we will. We will. That, that, that's the, okay. I, I will. I have, it's I have, the, I have a surprise. That song's the gold standard. For sure. John. Okay. Like that song is like a, a it's unfair because it's like basically like if we give this song, if we're rating this, this song is going to drastically pull the average up on some <laughs> of these songs. For sure. But uh, I, 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 the lyrics on this song are fucking great. You know? Well, so here's the thing, Brian. I, I will, we'll get into that. I'm going to, I wrote a poem. Uh, I wrote a I wrote a poem and I've called it the system of a down poem. And this is just I've I've just chosen one line from every song on this record to construct this poem. Okay. So you tell me how poetic this sounds to you. Okay. Here okay. All right. I buy my crack. I smack my bitch right here in Hollywood. Pull the tapeworm out of your ass. Hey, pushing little children with their fully automatics. They like to wired were the eyes of a horse on a jet pilot. Show your people how we died. Father fucker, father fucker, father fucker. They lined up double quick, but just one pogo stick. No circumcisions on the chair. You don't care about how I feel. I don't feel there anymore. Science has failed our mother earth. Education, fornication, innuendo, eating seeds as a pastime activity, psycho groupie, cocaine, crazy, psycho groupie, coke. When you free your eyes, eternal prize. Oh, that was beautiful, though. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it did. It made me feel real good as I was going through it. I was like, those are all like great sentences. I feel like <laughs> I feel like they're horrible sentences. Really? Because I think about it like this. Like, that's how I uh, uh, envision. That's how I uh, get enjoyment out of poetry right is that like uh sometimes they write the words in a weird different way <laughs> okay or, okay sure or like it'll just be a sentence with words that sound vaguely like they're going somewhere but are just really neat words to say together and that's what i think like like songwriting is probably something like that too where it's like you know these words just sound really cool together so he's like psycho groupie cocaine crazy sounds like that's a cool sentence you know <laughs> i don't know if it's a sentence but it's a i mean cool it's not a sentence it's a list <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's cool though it's a cool list of words yeah uh, to me okay. at least okay i i mean maybe that's true uh, <laughs> I, just, I, was just, I, I think and me, also like i i also needles is the song right where he says pushing little children with their fully automatics they like to push the weak around yes that's fucking nice <laughs> <laughs> uh is it i think it's uh deer dance is oh, that, Deer Dance. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. That song has great fucking lyrics, too. I, that's dance. another one of those songs I actually love. Invitation <laughs> to peace was staring you in the face. What's Needles, though, dude? Needles is the like, um, is when the it's like very aggressive the entire song. And then in the middle of the song for no reason, because it's the one it's like, pull the tapeworm out of your ass. Hey, pull the tapeworm. And then out of nowhere, it's like, I'm sitting in my Ooh, room. I love that. <laughs> With the Ooh. needle in my hand. Okay, let's talk. We, 
We haven't talked really. Oh, I'm, I'm like hot. I'm feeling so good hearing those. You okay. Know? Okay. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we, we definitely have different views on this. So, okay. We haven't really talked about our own history with the album. Usually we get into that, but we just wanted to get so hot on the lyrics. So you I said, it, it. you said it took you a little while to get into it. What was your, what was going on at the time when you, in 2001, when you kind of first heard this album, like you said, you didn't connect with their self-titled, but did you connect with this one right away? What was, what was your your experience. So I think what happened, I think I'm being slightly wrong here because like I was downloading music already at that time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, That would have been when that was like really picking up. Yeah. I was on Napster and stuff at the time and I had listened to spiders and sugar. Right. And had kind of gotten, I was like turning my mind on it. I think spiders is like a really great, like it's a rearranged level song to me. Spiders is a really good song, yeah. Yeah, for it's sure. just uh, it, it's uh, it, oh my god, it's like Freddie Mercury type shit to me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, sure. But, but like, but like, uh, so I had sort of been turning on them, but Chop Suey came out and they played it on hard rock radio, which you were basically stuck listening to if you were in a car, especially one of my cars, because I never had a CD <laughs> player in my car. Yeah, I barely had heat in the fucking thing. So like, uh, I heard Chop Suey and I was kind of blown away by it i think i thought it sucked at first because i'm not i don't like fast songs like that right like even even like uh divine on the first corn album i'm like i really like that fuck you i'm fed up with you part but i don't like any of the other stuff okay you know like i i don't i i don't i don't like the like i don't like that kind of singing (laughs) okay you know that is like all system of a down is right i had to be pulled into it because when he's like oh, i don't think you trust it that's cool as shit and when the guitar's going i don't know i think this is a band that also benefits really strongly with making you feel like i need to hear this in a mosh pit right like because i i always felt that way it was like this is like music for a mosh pit now i don't know i the concert i saw of theirs i've seen them twice and there was a mosh pit, but I, that's Ohio. There's mosh pits at fucking everything here. <laughs> uh, people are going to mosh to like Weezer at, at the festival that, that me and Brad are planning to go to in July. People will mosh to anything. And it, it's like, uh, I wonder what their policy is. I wonder if they ever said their policy on that, because it feels like they write music to mosh to. Like system? that's like yeah the, I would say yeah. I mean I think the system concert I went to there was definitely a mosh pit I mean they were really bad I thought they were a really bad live band same here I ended up seeing them see I didn't get to see them on the toxicity tour and I think that might because they weren't a big priority band for me at the time I had right. been making my transition out of new metal and I was like I think I I was listening to the Mars Volta so much. Right. So I saw Mars Volta open for system of a down. I did too. I was, I went to that. That's the other time I saw him, but like I was, I, I think like at that time I felt like music needed to be more difficult anyway. Like I was, you know, just getting into Radiohead, Sure. And like the pixies. And I was learning about like old punk and old, 
older music that I had kind of missed out on and, and I was really enjoying that. So I was kind of away. So I didn't see them until they toured with, I, I saw them once on Mesmerize and I hated it. And then I saw them again and I don't remember one second of it and it's not the drugs. So it must <laughs> not have been great. Yeah, they weren't good. Like when I saw them, it was kind of like right before they broke up. It must have been like the hypnotized, mesmerized tour or something like that. And I, um, I just remember thinking they definitely hated each other. Like they, I, it just, I, they seemed like they were not having fun. Like they didn't move. They weren't into it. Like it just, it, I've never, I've seen, I can't even count how many shows in my life. 500 probably. I've never seen a band so obviously mail it in. Like I'm sure I've seen bands that were having an off night that in their minds were like, I'm not into this. This crowd sucks, whatever. But there was no, there's been no show I've been to where it's been actually more obvious. Like I felt like they hated each other. They hated the crowd. They didn't want to be there. They were just like, yep, we're just cashing a check and we're see you later. Right. I feel that way sometimes. I mean, now that I can look at it from a position of like having performed in front of audiences, I can kind of like that makes a lot more sense to me than in my brain was just like, you know, uh, the, they were. Com so what happened the first time I saw them that made me crazy, right, was that uh, Darren, I think it was, made a speech at the concert about oh. how he thinks it's bullshit that MTV plays their videos, but the record company makes them make the videos. So they can't do anything. He's like explaining how it all works, you know? Cool. And it's just like, uh, dude, like, just don't make a fucking video. You know? yeah. Now that I'm, now that I'm here, I'm like, and, and he's like, like talking about it for like five minutes. He's talking about this while me and my brother at the concert, I just remember leaving and being like, well, that was like some real bad vibes up there. Like the whole thing was just bad. Like they seem that they seem genuinely angry about the business and their position in the world at that time, which and is like, it's so hard to buy that from a band that's like playing a stadium. You know, like, oh, woe yeah. is woe is me. Our career sucks. We hate our career trajectory. Like, shut up. <laughs> I mean, at that time, I think I would have felt that way. But at this, like, at this point now, like, I've been, I've done shows though, and and I don't, I don't do this on purpose. I I don't try to bomb ever. Like, this is not like a thing I do. <laughs> You know? That's that's good. I would hope you don't try to bomb. <laughs> well, I mean, you hear a lot of comedians talk about like, oh, I you got to bomb every once in a while, you know, and, and and like if you, I love it when I bomb. It makes me feel good. People are like walking out of the room. It's like adrenaline, and I'm like, no, I don't like that at all. But there are times. I mean, I mean, you were on a few shows with me that were like this, where it was like the crowd was having fun. And they were enjoying the show, but they like didn't get rowdy at all. Like they were just like we had. Uh, I, I I mean like uh, in Seattle, they loved that show. They sound they sang along with me and you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but by, for sure. But they never got to the point where they were chanting and screaming and like it was never like a crazy show. And I did the best I could, and I think we did okay. Oh but yeah. Like yeah, you guys did great. But like. Uh, 
maybe they were like subconsciously tanking something too. Maybe they got in there and were just like this fucking, you know. I mean, when I saw them with Mars Volta, they played an arena and it was not, it was sparsely attended. I felt like okay. I felt like the whole floor was filled up, but the whole top part didn't feel packed. And this was before we had like a 5,000 venue here in town. Right. So like they had to play the blue jackets arena. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here, here they played the Pacific Coliseum, which holds uh, like 15,000 and it definitely was not full at all yeah and and that's actually they might have even played rogers arena fuck i can't remember but yeah yeah i saw him at nationwide arena and it was like i don't know man i i don't i don't think that being on stage in an arena sounds cool at all (laughs) yeah that's fair it's it's definitely different maybe they didn't like it i don't know but it wasn't a great live show uh but i agree we can get back to the album i don't even want to see him now though you know like after the two experiences no i don't either i don't either i actually uh, 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 in 2011 or 12 or something like that, the black I got really into the Black Keys album. Yeah, the, the Thick Freakness is that what it's called? The one that sounds like the Sonics, basically, and like a lot of Garage. I got really into that album, and I thought it just fucking slayed. And then I went and saw him in concert, and like nothing about it connected with me. Right. You know, and I feel like that is what I would feel even seeing System of a Down now, where like it's been two times I've gone to this and I didn't feel like we were having any sort of connection. I saw, I, I felt like they could have put the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics up there <laughs> and you guys could have just sat back on a couch backstage and, and played the music or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know? for sure. For sure. Because they did. That, that's like what it was when I saw them, too. They were just like standing there and it was very boring. Yeah, and again, uh, a, a, a heavy metal audience in Columbus, Ohio, does not want to. I don't think I'm not speaking for everybody in that audience, but I don't think anybody wanted to hear a speech about no. the music industry Who'd at come, that show, no. and especially from like a band that's supposedly like railing against major corporations and stuff. Like, I guess that that's what he's kind of trying to do, but it's like the same time that also made you pretty famous. So yeah, you're not you playing know. this place. If you're not on MTV dealing with the corporate, I mean, yeah. Cause I can't me and you, we, they're like, uh, there are like 500 seat venues that you can't book here unless you're like a national act. Oh, you totally, know, totally. <laughs> like you have, there's a corporation that holds on to like most, of the venues in the city. That's why me and Brad have a hard time touring because we have to find the place that isn't owned by live nation or uh, something like that. And live nation owns 500 seat venues. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's like uh, they couldn't have been literally in an arena without live nation. But again, also on the other end of that, like if if I signed a contract to do something and I had to fucking do it, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to complain about it too much because I signed a contract, like a dream sort of job contract. I wouldn't want to complain too much in front of people like that about that. 
mean, there's so many better political causes to talk about to an audience full of people who may or may not understand that you're talking about politics in the prison song. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. No, for sure. Um, and, and I agree. I, I, it just seems very strange. And maybe he did that when I saw them too. I, I don't really remember, but um, yeah, it was just a bummer. It is a bummer. Uh, let's get to the rest of the album. Speaking of this, you, 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 to- you told can- me, sorry, go ahead. I want to ask you also, like, do you, are they touring this year system? Yeah. I don't know if they're touring. I know that they're doing like those festivals or whatever. Everybody. I can't believe rage against the machine and system of a down are doing (laughs) festivals. So they're doing festivals though. Uh, Let me see here. System of a down tour. Cause they definitely like broke up, but yeah, it looks like they're doing like, they're doing a European tour in June and then these um, people just like to go to Europe, man. Exactly. All well, they're, they're playing a bunch are... of festivals too. Like they're playing rock and uh, rock and park and rock and ring, uh, down, download festival, I days festival. And then, yeah, but it's like all Europe. That's the only things on their website, but I know that there was that there's that festival in Columbus. They're playing like they were on the Sonic, poster. Sonic temple. Yes. Okay. Well, I wonder if they're they found their love of the thing again. You know, I wonder if they I, I, don't I guess so. like I wonder if they like each other. I now. don't think Do they you, like I don't think so. I could. I mean, if there was that much bad blood that it tore apart the thing that got us to the dance sort of thing. Like if me and Brett had bad blood like that, I wouldn't ever let it go at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm ne- I I'm just like I trust that guy so much. I'd like trust them with my life. And you know that they felt that same way when they were playing DIY clubs or clubs or anything that like I would, I would do anything for these. uh, I can't wait to be whatever, like successful with these guys. It's like this really wonderful thing. Like what has to happen? What kind of things deteriorated that relationship to a point where they like couldn't even do the thing that they loved and they had to stop doing it and just fall off the map, you know? Yeah. It seemed like they were pretty egotistical. I mean, I think that that's what it comes down to in a lot of these situations, right? It seemed like Darren and Serge had a pretty big power struggle. Like there's even times where they're talking about, there's this one of the articles that I pulled up from the actual time period. They were talking about how they like beat each other up in the studio and stuff. Jesus like Christ. Like that, that Shavo and John would get like mad at each other and like get in actual fist fights in the studio. And so you're like, did they actually like each other or like at any point or is this just like something they're saying to sound cool like yeah we fucking kick the shit out of each other man like whatever that does make them sound cool if you're not a performer i guess yeah probably like oh they were they were scrapping so hard for this you know yeah Yeah, for me it's it's dumb like i'm thinking about it now uh, just with my experience and i work only exclusively with partners and like, uh, I don't do anything on my own, really. I don't do stand up by myself or anything like that. And uh, just, I would never even set myself up to be in a position with somebody that I thought I would feel that way about ever. And I guess it's like touring together at times can get claustrophobic, you know, if, sure. if you're doing a lot of touring with, with people, it can feel like claustrophobic. It's like, fuck, it's just me and you all the fucking time 
we're spending, you know, all, all this time together. And, but I never feel like fighting or anything like that. I'm never like annoyed about it. Right. I just, it's kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I'd rather be around my wife at my house. Yeah. Yeah. This. Of course. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think this is one of those things that, if you were 17 or 18 or even like 25 or, you know, just if you were, if I was younger, I would see this as like very interesting people doing a very interesting thing, you know, where it's like, Oh man, it probably makes the music better. But now as somebody who's looking at it through the lens of a performer, it's like, no, it it didn't make it better. It's like, it it got, it did the, the, the quality of stuff, like deteriorated. Yeah, maybe it's like if the relationship did. If that's like only what you know, maybe where you're like, we always have this adversarial relationship, and we had a bunch of success while we were being at each other's throats. So that's like what is successful for us, or like that's a like team what makes of us work. Yeah, like a team of rivals situation, like uh, Abraham Lincoln. I think uh, Serge Tankian's as smart as Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. He probably knows more. Actually, I bet Serge Tankian knows more than Abraham. Well, Lincoln. the internet was around in 2001, so probably, <laughs> probably. So here's my here's my system of a down theory, Brian. I'll throw this out to you because we were talking before we recorded this about how we both have system of a down theories. So this is my system of a down theory, and I've tweeted this actually, and I got I have to say I tweeted this like probably two years ago, and I it got a lot of positive reinforcement but my theory is that system of a down is a very confusing band because they have like 10 amazing songs 10 pretty good songs and 140 awful songs really bad songs man i'm with you on like i mean i guess it's like a legacy act in a way because if we start counting good songs to bad songs it's bad but that's so that's metal well for sure but i'm just thinking like to me it's funny that saying that if you look at toxicity i feel like toxicity even fits into that model like i feel like i feel like this album has like three amazing songs three pretty good songs and then like nine bad songs i think the only song that i have any kind of uh problem or weirdness with is the song science sure science has failed our world (laughs) yeah i i don't like that song but i don't even know i don't even know what it is about it i just i don't like i think it just kind of feels like uh it does feel actually nice now that I think I just remember back then being like, this guy doesn't like fucking science. What's his fucking problem? <laughs> what's his problem but now with- I'm thinking about it. And I was like, he's kind of right. You know? Right. You're like, what's his problem with incubus? <laughs> yeah. But they don't even have like, I guess like they don't, I would say all the, I think pretty much all these songs are like hall of fame level songs really on toxicity i really yeah. do see I for really me do. for me it's like chop suey forest and toxicity are like the three amazing songs and then <sighs> prison song aerials and deer dance are like pretty good 
and then all the rest are like who cares oh atwa is so good it's and i think fine. ariel's is like a top song well yeah, you I don't like atwa it's okay all the world i've seen before me passing by <laughs> you don't care about how i feel i don't feel that anymore i just i don't know it's just uh, all their songs are just some of They're- them are, and I, ariel's i had is a pretty good song brian i said it was in the pretty good category i didn't say it's bad ariel's is like ariel's <sighs> to me is them being like we need a song to close out the record can we write something that's like kind of wistful really you feel that way about ariel's yeah, i think because it's like it's because is- it's really different from every this is that doodle 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 it's their ballad it's yeah. like heaven by warrant yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sort of thing. I know it is their ballad, but that's what I'm saying though, is like, to me, it felt like they didn't want it. It was like, oh, maybe we should try and close this record with like something like a little more, like it sounds good. It just doesn't sound like what system of a down was good at or was like trying to do. Like to me, it seems like a, a label thing or a Rick Rubin thing being like, Hey, you know, what would be really cool. is like, if we kind of wrap this album off with something like a little bit slower, a little bit more, got a little more groove to it, you know, like I, I think the songs exist on this album exist in kind of uh categories because aerials and toxicity, same energy. Those are the same energy. To well, me. but toxicity's got the really like, like it's a very it's got that very jarring chorus though like yes it's got that the really like chill verse but the chorus is very aggressive whereas ariel's doesn't have that you know what i think i here's what i think about the difference between like our i think we like different kinds of lyrics oh i'm is, positive that we like different yeah because that's of what lyrics. i'm starting to get to because i really like eating seeds is a pastime activity like i like slow shit that's <laughs> almost all my favorite songs I like are you, like a slow song you brought out your eddie vetter voice for that <laughs> yeah i can't do say, all the world i've seen before me passing by <laughs> he was eating seeds as a pastime activity. <laughs> i can't sing i suck at voices so bad no it's fine i can do zero impressions except for eddie vetter and the only reason i can do that is because every time i do uh sound check for at a venue i sing black by pearl oh, okay, jam sure. and yellow lead better by pearl jam well eddie vetter is pretty easy because you just make your voice as deep as possible and then just like skip a couple syllables and like, add an r to the end of the song yeah because <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he doesn't actually skip syllables when he sings but if you sing it like that people think like oh yeah that's how he sings like if you're like like you just skip the k and spoke like he doesn't actually he says spoke but if you're just like then people are like oh yeah he does sing like that but he doesn't but it sounds like it's an impression people are like oh yeah okay that's good i get it's like christopher it's like doing christopher walking like hey I don't like know anything else to Christopher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That famous thing Christopher Walken always says, "Hey, yeah, hey." Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like a half a second here, okay, dude. You're uh, doing, you're I'm doing not, great. Hey, I'm not filling out the census. That's my. <laughs> 
People say <laughs> that, that Christopher Walken's like one of the easier impressions to do, but I feel oh, like you're, well, you're proving okay. them wrong. Well, good luck. I can't do. <laughs> I can't do a Christopher Walken either, for the record. <laughs> I can't do the the. I think the fact that I can't do the voice and toxicity at all makes me respect it more too. Right. Sure. Be- because honestly, like, you didn't sound that far off. He definitely goes to like a little <laughs> bit of a deeper register. Eating scenes as a pastime activity. You did it Italian. Yes, but he has you that kind of like Italian a t- an activity. Ah, <laughs> it's a me. System of down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate the Eddie Vedder voice. And and to be honest, because- Darren Malakian is toad to me. Every time toad. Darren every time Darren Malakian shows up on a song, I'm just hearing ah whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think the voice. I think that's Serge's voice, right? The e- yeah, that's, C- that's Serge that's him, for sure. Right? Darren is always the like Muppet sounding guy. He's the he's the like who about my cracker smack my bitch <laughs> right here in Hollywood. I mean, that's not bad. And it he's sounds the, like the, I'm sitting in my room with a needle in my hand. <laughs> he sounds like he's like a like a small monster in a horror movie okay <laughs> like a like like a, like a troll that's holding on to yeah. a bridge sort yeah. of thing yes exactly i'm hanging off this bridge won't you please bring me back onto the bridge i'll give you three wishes like that's what he sounds like to me yeah yeah i mean yeah, it's so weird. I'm conflicted too because I feel like I'm defending the album like way too much. <laughs> you know, like I'm not even making fun of it at all, I guess. Sometimes I am. Whatever. You are. But, we are. We are. It's okay. But I feel I just... like I'm defending the shit out of it. And it's like, I do think that largely this thing is goofy as shit. It but is like, for sure. That was their I whole thing. I can't believe how much it. I don't know. I, I guess it didn't inspire me to do anything politically at all. <laughs> I yeah. Didn't do it. I, I didn't end up doing anything political until 16 years after it. <laughs> yeah. It was a slow burn. You like at woke up, point, you woke up in the middle of the night one night. You're like, they're trying to build a prison. <laughs> at some point, they got like, it through you, my thick skull. And then you, you know, called Brett point, after you woke up in the, from a nightmare. They're trying to build a prison. And then you're like, oh, Brett, hey, remember how we talked about maybe doing a thing together? I was thinking about how they're always building prisons and uh, we should do a, we should do something, man. Do a show about prisons. Yeah. Let's, really? do, let's do a prison show. I feel like it's just, a- this album was weird for me. Cause I think of the four albums we've done so far, we've done, we've done corn. We've done limp biscuit. We've done Deftones, We've done Lincoln park. I think like going back and listening to all of them, they all really like in, they all held up for me in ways that like it just like there's a, a nostalgic feel when I listen to it and they all kind of hold up in a way where I'm like, I remember where I was when I listened to this. I still think that there's some legitimately good songs on this record. In the case of Corn self-titled, I was almost surprised at how well I thought it held up aside from the production, but the songs like I was like, holy shit, like I didn't realize that every song in this album is really good. This is the first one we've gone back to that. I legitimately like I loved this album like from from 2001 when this came out until until the hypnotized mesmerized like 
I, I would have, if, if you asked me who my favorite band was, they would have been one of the answers. Like I would have been like, oh yeah, like I really like Dredge, Corn, Deftones, System of a Down. Like they would have been in that conversation of like my favorite bands. And this is one record that I went back and listened to it and I was like, oh man, like I, this is... This is really some of this is pretty hard to listen to. It's a, really I, yeah. I, I, I just I listened to it like seven times in a row one day, <laughs> just back to back to back. Like last Tuesday, I listened to it seven fucking times, and uh, the whole time I was listening to it, it didn't get old, not even for a second. And it it I'm I really I don't think it's even one of my favorite albums of all time. I re- I don't I don't think it is. It might be one of my favorite new metal albums of all time, or one like one of them, and and like it's top six maybe. Right. So five, I guess, is what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I or mean, it's not, I mean, five sounds even more impressive. Like it would be like number eleven. Like, don't you get know? me wrong. When we when we're when we're doing this podcast this time next year and we're talking about like coal chamber and fucking spine shank and shit like that, I am going to be I'm going to be like, OK, yeah, system of down is still pretty good. But yeah. like I it, it's not that it's bad, like obviously and there's songs on it. I still totally love like and I really think are good. But even for me, like chop suey, like that was a legitimately like like life changing song for me, not in the sense of pardon me anything that was like happening in my life but just of the like like musically like i heard that and i was like holy fuck like it just sounded like nothing i'd ever heard before the way that it went like loud quiet was just like loud quiet loud quiet like it was just not like nothing i'd really listened to at that point it sounded so unique to me and i remember thinking like wow what a a phenomenal song and listening back to it now i'm like ah, it's good but I don't, I'm not like, I don't have that same feeling of like, wow, this is truly, and maybe that's just how things are. You know, I'm older now. It's 18 years after this album came out. Maybe that's just how life works. But that just, it still, it just didn't hit me in the same way that it did when I was younger, when I was listening to this. And, and I can remember like girls liked System of a Down too. Like that's what's so weird to me about this record. Like it went to number one on the Billboard 200. I can remember driving around in my friend Jen's car listening to this record and she liked it as much as I did. And she knew all the words and like whatever. You know, like it was just it wasn't a record of its time. Like people really, really liked it. I just think that this record is almost harder to sell to people who have never heard like people who've never heard new metal. I feel like this is this would be a hard record to sell to them. They would I feel like they'd hear the lyrics, the way the songs are structured, and it, it feels more of its time than some other stuff. Even though I know people like hate and shit on corn and limp biscuit and stuff, I think there's like a groove and 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 an and elements of those bands that help them hold up better today than than this record does i think you know i i can kind of agree i i don't know actually but i i think like if i look at corn and limp biscuit and spine shank and coal chamber and like all those bands that i legit stained you know like i loved like i love so many of these bands and uh, I look at them as like a part of my life or a time where I, I look more at this album as like, it's a, it feels like a, I don't know. It's like a classic rock album to me. Right. In in my mind, it's like, I can put this thing on. I don't think my daughter would like, I don't, 
I don't think my daughter would like this at all. You no, know? Yeah. But yeah, totally. Not. I also hold it up as one of the things that got me to look at music differently. Cause you're right about like uh chop suey and a few of the other things didn't just didn't sound like anything else. I, I'd been listening to at the time. And uh, I think it, it helped to open my mind to other sounds in sure. a way I've, I've given Deftones a lot of credit for this too. It's like these, those are the, System of a Down and Deftones, I think, were the two bands doing the most interesting stuff at the time. Yeah, it definitely stood other, out in the genre, no question. Yeah, and the other bands were all... I'm not saying the other bands weren't good, but I feel like these those two bands worked hardest to make it something that would last forever. And, and I think they both have succeeded at that. You yeah. know, because I mean, you're in the minority when it comes to toxicity. Really, most people are gonna say like, I they like have very strong feelings of love for this album. You sure, know? yeah, I might get yelled at for sure. <laughs> you are. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe I I don't know. Like, I I, I hopefully be. I it sounds like you like it. Oh, I still know? like it. I definitely yeah. still like it, and I can listen to it. And I think like the good songs are very very good, and like. To me, toxicity, like I said, Forest too. Uh, I, I remember Forest kind of being my like under the radar favorite song in this album when I was younger, and it's still I still feel felt that way like listening to it uh, back through again for this podcast. Toxicity too is is such a weird like the way that the loud quiet loud works in that song is so different. I think like as a drummer, the way that the toxicity chorus hits like it makes no sense as the chorus of a popular song. Like it, like the song has this very melodic guitar part. Uh, Surge is basically, yeah, singing in some kind of like very operatic uh, type way in his like sort of deep voice. And then the song essentially completely stops. Like the, the nice part of the song, like this, the bottom of the song just falls out. And then the first thing you hear is just like no one starts the chorus of a song with a drum solo and then for surge to fit the lyrics to kind of like play off of that drum, that drum fill, the cascading, like you, what do you own the world? How do you own disorder? Like it just, it's crazy. Like it was just a really unique way of structuring a song that no band has really was doing at the time. And, and you know, even since, I mean, obviously there's bands that do that stuff now, but it just, I remember that at the time, like you can't imagine that that's a song that was popular, that people were like, Oh, this is cool. And it was like massively popular. It was, it was, I I think, I, I, it, I think it pushed some people to, I, I think it really pushed me to like at the drive in and the Mars Volta, especially. I don't think I get to the Mars Volta without uh, Deftones, Radiohead, and System of a Down. For sure. I think you're like sort of the mix. Definitely when you're talking about drums, like that makes perfect sense, right? When you're, when you're thinking about drums really hitting hard and forming the backbones of songs. I mean, I think the Mars Volta that, you know, that was a huge thing for them, but they're also more of like a prog slash jam band. So it makes more sense. Like system of a down. We're trying to write rock, like appealing mass appealing rock songs, but they were doing it in such a unique way that for sure, I'll always have respect for that. And I, like I said, I still like it. It just, it just was one that I felt like, oh, okay, there's songs on here that, I'll put it this way. There are songs on here that I would be totally fine if I never heard them again in my life. Yeah. 
Like, I, and, I mean, and I don't I, even I, mean that in a bad way. It just happens to be like when I was listening to the album, I'd be like, okay, this song's fine, but like, I don't need to hear it. And then you get to the next song and be like, okay, say like, this is fine. Then, then, you know, like I say, every, every couple songs, you're like, okay, no, this is a good song. This is a banger. I'm into this, but then, yeah. And then it goes back to like, okay, like, uh, you know, and I think with system of a down too, they were working with such a, even though it was so unique, I, I think their palette, uh, w- was pretty limited. Like they were kind of painting with the same brush in a lot of the songs. So I think in some ways it kind of starts to blend together too. the songs that don't really stick out. A lot of them have that kind of like, like it's that really kind of that just hard, 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 hard structure. Yeah, yeah. They also like. I am looking at what the songs were about, and they're they're kind of. Here's what they are: they're the Joker, like they're a band that is the Joker. <laughs> that they appeal to the same thing. That I, I think for me, they appeal to me in the same way that I like that Joker movie that everybody hated. <laughs> you know, where right. it's like it's just I don't. It's about twisted it's a bunch of twisted things just happening because they think it's neat to be twisted you know like the song atwa is about charles manson's beliefs on the environment that is what that song is about right and it's like these guys were really here's what they were in the end they were like some guys that probably were pretty competitive and wanted to make something that sounded absolutely fucking twisted dude you know <laughs> yeah it's kind of the same way of like we we sort of clown on corn for like doing like talking about nursery rhymes and being like hey you know what if you like kind of checked out this <laughs> these nursery rhymes like they're pretty dark like i kind of feel like system of a down has a little bit of that sort of wink wink nudge nudge too of like have you guys really like read up on charles manson like you know he might have been like not bad like it's well, Malakian has said that Charles Manson is in jail for the wrong reasons. I think he had an unfair trial was his quote. So he's just like, check out how fucking nuts I am, yeah, dude. That's <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I think fucking Charles Manson's cool. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, you won't even believe it. I've got a, I've got a really long chin beard and I think Charles Manson maybe had some okay <laughs> ideas. So how about that? How about, how about that? Up. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, okay? They're trying to build a prison, all right? And guess who's in that prison? Charles Manson. Think oh, about, think I, about what that. A, what a crummy interviewer or article writer this is. He didn't even ask, like, oh, really? How? Uh, why do you think that? No. Why? You know? <laughs> like, I wanted, and now I want to sit down with him and be like, I saw here that you think Charles Manson's in jail for the wrong reasons, which is even weird because who fucking cares? He's in jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. Who cares what the reason was? Yeah. No, it's so weird. Do you want to talk about the album art before we uh get I into do. the articles? Okay, tell me how you feel about the album art. It's uh bad, okay. I think. Yeah. I don't like it very much. I think it's like the least creative idea you could come up with for an album recorded in Hollywood. Well, especially because that's the whole thing, right? Is like the album's called Toxicity because it's about the it's about, you know, different toxic views and ideas permeating our culture, but also they all live in Los Angeles and it's a toxic city, man. That's crazy. Los Angeles is the best city in the world. (laughs) Well, Uh, it it? is. Well, yes, it's the best 
fucking place it sounds in the like, entire so, world. Sounds like someone who spent their whole life in Columbus. But uh Yes. Well maybe, <laughs> but I've been to so many different places now. <laughs> yes, and no place is better than Los Angeles, baby. All right. I mean, we'll agree it's to disagree. It's so warm there. Yeah, but that's I mean you can find 90% lot- of what makes me happy, and then the other 10% is legal weed and palm trees. Okay. But there's lots of like <laughs> Caribbean nations you could get that from. Yeah, but I mean Los Angeles also people like me there. I think that, <laughs> that's a big plus in the right. uh Los Angeles. It's column. like it's like the Cheers theme song, but in your case it's the second largest city in North America. <laughs> Everybody well, knows I, my name in Los Angeles. But people like me in New York too. Yeah, okay. But it gets cold there. True. So, yeah, so Los Angeles, baby. I always have the most fun there of all the cities we go that's to. That's fair. Oh, for sure. If you got to visit somewhere, I mean, hell yeah, it's like obviously pretty, yeah, pretty wild place I, to visit. I, I would hate to be complain. I guess like people that live in LA complain about LA all the time. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> it's like part of like the LA culture of when course. when people say that LA doesn't have like a real distinct culture. One of the things is that they say like this fucking city is hell. It's toxic, <laughs> man. It's a toxic, it's toxic city. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I, this seems this album art seems like something that like came out. Because like Photoshop made some strides that year. And <laughs> yeah. Somebody was just like, I'll fucking Photoshop you a nice little thing together and you'll have. Because it looks, it doesn't look like a major label release, well, I, I, think, I guess. I think to me what it is, is, is like, and this is kind of, and I think people would have the same criticism of Rage Against the Machine. It's, it's the sort of idea that we're doing this album that's politically charged and we're talking about politics and and we're just going to make it really clear what we're doing. You know, like I, I feel like a lot of bands that are political leaning and just people in general, you know, there, there tends to be some subtlety, uh, you know, some subliminal kind of messaging happening where a system of a downs like, hey, just in case you weren't sure what we were talking about. We're going to make the Hollywood sign our band name and we're going to put we're going to name it Toxic City Toxicity just so you just so you're aware while you're listening to this that, hey, we're kind of we're thinking about L.A., man. We're thinking about America, dude, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I don't love so much about it. I think a lot of bands were kind of going for this at the time and maybe some bands still go for it on their album art where they're like kind of trying to explain their band or the album with the art. But this just feels like really like this is what we're doing, man. Yeah. I mean, new metal was very like Southern California, like at the beginning, like a lot of new metal came from there. It wasn't like super Midwestern until it had been like going off out there. Then every band in the world, Shinedown popped up, you know, (laughs) it was just like at the time it was like these, the, uh, the whole thing was emanating from LA, which I then think if you're from LA, it gives you credibility and other, like a place like Columbus where I was like, these fucking LA bands are so cool, man. They're out doing like LA stuff. I never thought I was going to go to that city in my life at the time, but I was just like, I get what they're talking about with the LA stuff. You know, it's the same thing with sublime where I would listen to it and be like, yeah, man, you know, LA is like a cool, like they're all cool there, man. It's like a more laid back city than a lot of people think it is. And I was just like, 
saying that in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> well, I think too, it's like, even if you don't live in LA, you can understand what it embodies. Like the metaphor is very obvious. You're like, I don't live in LA, but I, I kind of get what they're about in LA. So this makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk about some of these articles or did you take a look at them? I, there, I already talked about the Rick Rubin thing. Um, I got this interview with Serge Tanky and that's extremely funny just because he's, it seems like a total insufferable guy to talk to. I mean, you got stuff from that one. I, I read these interviews like last week and I was out Christmas shopping before we did this. But uh, I think like what I got from them was like sort of that's what helped me develop my like critique of the album. Right. You know, right. And I think I probably should have saved quotes instead of doing oh, that. No, no, it's all good. I just it was just very funny to me, too, because, again, I feel like this is the sort of thing where System of a Down was really, again, going for the like we're mysterious dudes. We have unique opinions. Listen to us. Like this interview with Surge is just like totally insufferable. I mean, John, I think me and you have like a fundamental difference in that I like really confident dumb guys a lot. Like uh, <laughs> they're my favorite kind of guys in sure. the whole world. Okay. No, they're unparalleled in greatness. Sure. In my opinion, okay. it's the two best personality traits you can put together. <laughs> Well, Surge has them both. Because to me, again, like you were saying, Rage seems like a band that read five books. Like Surge comes across like that. Like to me, Surge is like, yeah, I read, I took two political science classes and I was born in Lebanon and I'm of Armenian descent. And here are some, here's some things. Like, so he says, uh, he was also 33 in 2001, which is wild to me. So he's over 50 now. Right. uh, I mean, that though... I I think that got them somewhere in a way. Cause I remember being like system of a down is the band that has the old dude as the lead singer. Yeah. They're old. He he looked so much older than everybody else. And then, you know, probably a part of me saw them and was like, see, you can still make it when you're an old motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can be a mature man and make it. Yeah. Yeah. So 33 isn't that, I mean, 33, when you hit is probably a thousand times better than 23 for sure oh yeah you could balance it way better but yeah they they set up the interview by saying that even though system of a down sound is often aggressive and menacing in person the affable 33 year old tanky and exudes a zen-like calm in song, he often growls and hollers with what sounds like rage, but Tankian insists that he's not nearly as pissed off as he sounds. I'm just climaxing the communication, he says. See here, like ugh. what are like Does what are t- we what are we talking about? Are you half fu- of that is really good though? Like half of that to me is like, oh, okay, you know, that's just what like people who do things that seem angry, they all I do it. You know, where I'm like, yes, I'm Murder Brian. Yes, my partner's Brett Payne. And yes, the show's called Street Fight Radio. But we're like not mean and we're not actually fighting. You know what I mean? Right. So I can see where I can see where like I say that a lot in interviews where it's like you're trying to explain to people like, no, this isn't like dark. Don't worry about it. It's safe. You can come in here. And I think that's kind of what he was trying to do, you know, where he was like, he was appealing to uh, uh, like academic types, you know? Yes, for sure. So he, so these are the questions that he's answering. He says, uh, what makes you unhappy? Hypocrisy, injustice, 
How do you counter those things? I love. That's it? Yeah. You're a pretty you philo- know, you're a pretty philosophical dude. Oh god. I don't I mean I hate you know two things I hate? What? Uh Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and uh, and w- white elephant gift exchanges. Those are the two things that I hate. Okay. Good to know. But <laughs> it sucks. It how sucks do you how do you counter those things, Brian? It sucks that that guy sat down. I don't actually hate Huey Lewis in the news. It's just like <laughs> it sucks that like that guy was writing an interview and he asked him that and that's the answer he gave. For sure. And Serge continues this. So he says, "You're a pretty philosophical dude." I don't think so, but I do like falafel sandwiches. Falafel? Oh, God, I hate him. I told you. Falafel? It's the closest thing to philosophy. Falafel. Oh, my God, I would hate him. Yeah, it's really, it's really bad. It's really bad. He reminds me of a certain kind of guy that I'm, like, insulated from now that would, like, back you into a corner in a conversation and then say a bunch of stuff but it doesn't make any sense. And then he'd be like, you know what I mean though. Right. And you're like, no, I don't know. And he's like, well, and then he explains it again. And he's like, see, makes sense. And it's like, no, it's still, because like well, the, at the core of what you're saying, it doesn't make any sense. Well, Brian, uh, just exactly what you said manifests itself in the very next question and answer. It's so funny that you said this. It's almost like you set this up without knowing toxicity as a song protesting mandatory minimum prison sentences for drug offenders, as well as one about sympathizing with Charles Manson. Do you consider system a political band? I don't understand why we have to be just one thing. If I write on one side of this lampshade, the metropolis is too dense. It causes fear. That's a social statement. And on this side, I write blow me. And then here it says, I'm hungry. And here it says, gee, what a splendid day. Now, those are four different things. We're all just turning the lampshade. Should I see the whole thing as political because the first statement was political? See, he's again, again, he's technically right. You know what I mean? Like he's saying the right thing in the most infuriating way possible. (laughs) A hundred percent. Like, it's just like, I, I get what you're saying, dude. Like, I, I agree with all, pretty much everything you say, but the way that you say it makes me actually mad. Yeah. You and know? then he, he goes on, he kind of uh, mimics what uh, Darren was talking about at your concert. Do you care much about whether people will like what you're doing? No, absolutely not. If only 50 people buy your next album. Great. That'll get me out of my record deal. And then I could do other things. That would be totally cool. Obviously based on the world we live in success is positively earmarked financial success. And there are definite advantages to that, but ultimately you got to do what's inside of you, what your art is, what your passion is, what your essence is. The rest is just tossed to the wind. If the wind takes it to many ears, fine. If it doesn't fine. Oh, he, he doesn't really feel that way. No, though. of course he doesn't. You know? And that's the thing that I, that really like, pisses me off a little bit about system is like you read these and then you listen to the songs and you're like, okay, are, do we like, what, what are we doing here? Are you just trying to monetize being political? Yeah. Well, I part probably, probably. I think Serge really does believe in this because he's done a lot of great shit, you know, like left shit, you know? Uh, oh, for sure. Like, I also think that I, I do think a certain part of them, like, 
is a shit. I, I think maybe when you're a guy like this, like the kind of mainstream success that they had probably fucks you up, like fucks your brain up. You know, especially at 33, like you've made it to 33 and you still think it's okay to be like philosophy is actually a falafel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't a lyric on the album. <laughs> I mean, we haven't, I don't think I've heard every one of their songs, <laughs> but I, I think like, I, I think like, uh, it probably is super fucked up to get, I don't think the, these guys don't make music that I think they d- thought they were going to get famous with. No, that's true. I guess is what I'm saying. Like 12 million. I am. Work. I am very surprised that they got famous off of it. So right. it, it yeah. May, and yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that they were super, I mean, 12 million albums is like a, a Herculean task. You know, it's, it's like one of the, the, one of the top ones and having this super acclaimed album that is also mainstream popular is just I can't imagine that's what they thought when they were writing like pogo 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 <laughs> bounce. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, okay, well let's uh, let's get to our our rating system of this album. So when we rate the album, uh, our rating score is we give it uh, a tweet defense score. So if someone tweeted at you that they didn't like this album, uh, this is how many tweets you would go back and forth with them defending it. Uh, so, Brian, uh, what is your tweet defense score of Toxicity by System of a Down? I don't I need to, like, write my scores down. I know. For the other to albums. have some, like, relation. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't really I'm just thinking in my mind now. And, and I was on Xanax on one of these shows. <laughs> I was on weed on both on this one especially i'm very high so like i i uh i don't know what i would say is that i would go to bat i I would take a legitimate shot and go to bat for this album and i am gonna give it i don't think i'm uh, see i here's what i want to say before i give the number i think that this album exists right under corn the first corn album and uh deftones around the fur and deftones white pony i think this is like in that world that's what i'm trying to get to and i'm gonna say 15 wow. i would do wow. 15 tweets wow. to defend this, this guy's going you know? nuts i just think i just think this is one of the most I know that you like have you you feel like it's like this scattershot thing, but I kind of feel like this is like one full vision played out in an album, you know? Okay, I can I I can respect it. I like it. I I just think we're gonna have really we're gonna have a big gap here because I'm gonna say two. Oh, oh no! It's honestly, and here's why: it's not even that I think the album is bad. Like, I know that two maybe connotes that I think it's bad. I don't actually think it's bad, but here's how I see an interaction going. Okay. Someone tweets at me and they go, hey, toxicity completely sucks. It's the worst fucking album I've ever heard. And I would go, no, there's no way it's the worst album you've ever heard when it has songs as good as Chop Suey and Toxicity on it. And then they would go, okay, fair enough. But all the rest of the songs suck shit. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, fair enough. I could see why you have that opinion. (laughs) And then it's over. Like it's, and it doesn't even mean I think that all the rest of the songs are like really, really bad. I could just 
if someone told me that they liked a couple of the songs on it and then hated all the rest of them, I'd be like, okay, that's, I feel like that's a very valid opinion to have about system of a down. Yeah. And I want to make this clear that I'm giving this a number that is very high because again, I forget the other numbers that I gave <laughs> the other albums and I'm trying to denote that I see this one in very fucking like, uh, I see this one in shining terms. You know yeah, what I mean? No. Like I, I'm look, I'm looking at this thing and I'm seeing it as like one of the greats, just not like my favorite, That's you know, fair. it's, no. it's like, I guess like, let's just put it, I'll put it in like a one to 10 list, you know, and, and let's just, I'll, I'm going to be totally honest here. I could see this thing being number six, like of all of my favorite new metal albums. That's good. You know? No, that's, I, I respect that. And that's, that's fair. And I would say for me, like if we're just talking new metal albums, I would say it's in my top 10. I just think that as as it's aged, it's 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 aged poorly, or or, oh, so or, it went or more from like more poor than others for sure. Yeah, so it went from like six to ten. You yeah. Know? Oh, I mean, at one time, I probably would have had it in my top three. Like it would have been wow. up there with it would have been up wow, there with like think. follow the leader and significant other, and this uh, I would have been like, okay, that's my because t- I came to Deftones late. Like I probably came to Deftones after this album came out. So then, but then yeah, it's like once you get into Deftones, and it's like okay, we got to make some more room for Deftones, and then obviously. I love Lincoln Park, so that would Lincoln Park would have pushed them down, and that, like so. But yeah, I would say it's still in my top ten for sure. I mean, there's not that many good new metal albums after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just you know, to me, this is this is classic rock, and uh, this is like kind of. I think this is how my dad feels when he like listens to his whatever Goodbye <laughs> Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, to me, that's fair. No, I, I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, And songs are just so goofy anyway. Like songs are always goofy to me. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know if I think that any of them aren't. That's fair. Yeah, I think if you, I think like you said, you you like the kind of musicality and just the fun of some of the lyrics, and I think if you can, if that's how you can interpret the lyrics and just enjoy the kind of musicality of it, I could see how it would be pretty easy to just overlook that they're kind of stupid and yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, cause they are stupid. I, I, I will say <laughs> that like, you know, I read these interviews last week and I kind of was like, uh, this song, these guys sound like incredibly stupid, but I think that like <laughs> over the week, it's kind of popped out of my head and even just hearing those hearing what you said, it's like, well, that kind of makes like, psycho groupie cocaine crazy sound like a little bit less cool right. to me you know yeah no that makes sense to me like it's they seem like guys <laughs> i don't want to say this because like i again it sounds like i'm like putting their politics down and i think they've done like a lot of great activism and i think that they've like raised awareness of things and they've done a lot of stuff but it also just makes them kind of like jim morrison in a way to me where it's just like okay but like they were doing they did do all that but still like these songs are like stupid (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah at the end of the day 
these songs are stupid and uh, we are stupid too. Before we get to the challenge, uh, just a few housekeeping things. You can follow us on Twitter at the P O D underscore cast and that's cast with a K like corn. Uh, please rate and review the show on iTunes. That's very nice and helps uh, it get to some other ears. And if you know people that like new metal, share it with them. That's one of the fun parts about uh, looking at our Twitter and the replies. We get lots of people uh, saying that it reminds them of their childhood and, and listening to the albums with friends and all that. And, and it's been awesome to see everybody share it with their friends. So keep doing that. Keep spreading the word. That's very kind. Uh, when this episode comes out, our Patreon will be launched. It hasn't been launched yet, uh, but uh, because as we're recording it. But when you're listening to this, it will be launched. And uh, we'll have a link up on our Twitter. I haven't even set it up, but I assume it will be patreon.com slash the POD cast. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to have a few different uh, bonus structures. Uh, Brian and I have been talking about a few different ideas, but the main thing is that we're going to be releasing one bonus episode a month that's going to be focused on new metal compilations, music videos, uh, and some other cool ideas that we have. And uh, we're also going to be bringing guests on all of our bonus episodes. So for those of you that have been sending in uh, requests to have guests on the show to talk about their favorite new metal bands, uh, that is coming. That's going to be all on the bonus episodes. We're going to keep the regular episodes, just Brian and I, but the bonus episodes will have guests. So keep your eye out for that if you've been enjoying the show throw us a few bucks and we'll make sure to uh, throw some excellent bonus content your way and uh, i think that's all this that- is also yeah. one of the shows that a lot of our friends want to come on exactly throw that out there a lot of our friends want to be on this show it's been a so, wild uh, one it's been a wild one of <laughs> of just of, of friends and also people that we don't know that have like 80 followers on twitter who are like <laughs> hey man you have to have me on to talk about band x and i'm like yeah okay i don't this is i mean at this point this in shocktober like i i have a if i were to make a wait list you people would if you're just asking me now you'd be on a million (laughs) basically you would die before i got to you absolutely (laughs) we're gonna have some fantastic guests is what brian's saying we there's obviously this is a genre that's near and dear to many people's hearts and I'm very excited to have some people on the show uh, that have expressed interest. And I know Brian is too. And and we're really looking forward to doing the bonus episode. So look for that in January. That's going to all be launched. And we're, uh, we're excited for that. Now we are going to get to the challenge. We finish off every episode with a challenge inspired by the album. And Brian, I have some bad news for you, my friend. I have tied it up. I won the Lincoln. I won the Lincoln park challenge. I don't don't know. Well, I mean, I, it was one that it felt like if both of us lost, that also probably would have been a fair result. But uh, yeah, we, we should have put both of us lost on that one because that was pathetic. Yeah, really, it was. But, but we are tied two two, and so we head into this year end challenge. And Brian, you came up with this one. Uh, this is uh, we're going to do the fast part of a system of a down song and see who can do it uh, more clearly and effectively i guess so this is the this is the the system of a down sing speak challenge uh sing and speak kind of like the speak and spell uh, that's what we're doing so brian what's what song are you choosing i'm going i think this is i want you people to understand that you are deciding the degree of difficulty on our choices okay so like I'm going to do what I'm going to do and it's going to be really great, but I don't know if people are going to, uh, 
I don't know if people are going to appreciate it as much as as what you're going to do. You know, I don't I don't know what song you've picked yet, but I'm going to do prison song. Okay. Then I'm going to do uh, I'm, I'm going to do a, just a, a like seven lines of this song. Okay. Okay. All right. Following the rights movements, you clamped down with your iron fist. Drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Following the rights movement, you clamped down with your iron fist. Drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. I buy my crack. I smack my bitch right here in Hollywood. Nearly two million Americans are incarcerated. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Incarcerated in a prison system. Prison system of the U.S. I should have left that last line out, right? You should have, because that's where he (sighs) he doubles up on incarcerated. Not an easy word to say. Nearly two million. Mal- oh, no, that is like a really. Try saying near, nearly, nearly two, two million, million Americans are incarcerated, are incarcerated, are incarcerated in the prison system of the U.S. They're trying to build Ooh. a prison. They're trying to build a prison. They're trying to build a prison. They're trying to build a prison for you and me to live in. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I said that was an easy song, but remember the part where and before you give me <laughs> a vote, you need to try this yourself. Nearly two million Americans are incarcerated in the prison system, prison system of the US. They're trying to build that prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to. I agree. I like it. Uh okay. Well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do chop suey. I'm just gonna keep it uh I'm gonna keep it just fancy free it's just gonna be it's a song i've been singing my whole life i feel i feel mentally prepared for this moment and uh okay i'm just i'm the same as you i'm probably gonna do up to the chorus uh and we'll we'll go from there okay wake up grab a rush and put a little makeup hide the skulls that fade away the hide the skulls that fade away why do you leave the keys up on the table here you go create another fable you wanted to grab a rush and put a little makeup you wanted to hide the skulls that fade away the shake up you wanted to why'd you leave the keys up on the table you wanted to i don't think you trust damn dude you beat me that is you just destroyed me because you know why the whisper thank you i thought i thought the whisper was gonna get it it. you didn't even have to do the whisper i would have been like oh uh, the listeners are probably thinking when you start singing it he's not gonna do the whisper and then you you fucking did it ah and i messed up on incarcerated so it's not an easy word incarcerated degree of difficulty yeah, no, it was another thing I want you to factor in. I, on, uh, <laughs> I'm imagining a lot of our listeners just sitting in their car being like incarcerated in the prison system, the prison system of the U.S. They're like, oh, that is actually pretty hard. <laughs> well, no, the, the, it, it's because it says Americans before incarcerated. Oh, right. Yeah. Nearly yeah. two million Americans are incarcerated is like a really is a mouthful. OK, let me see <laughs> if I let me see if I can do it with the Americans before. it. OK, so this is uh Following the rights movement, you clamped on with your iron fist. Drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Following the rights movement, you clamped on with your iron fist. Drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Ooh, I buy my crack. I smack my bitch right here in Hollywood. Nearly 2 million Americans are incarcerated in the prison system. The prison system of the U.S. They're trying to build a prison. Oh, that was rude what you just did there, too, because then... <laughs> you did the one i did but then did it better so now i have to put the only way i can win this week is really pick two good albums to put up okay. in a poll yeah I so think. this is our last so if you this is your first ever episode of the show what we do at the end of every episode is we pick two albums each to put up in a poll on our twitter and you get to decide what we do for february for our next new metal album and so uh brian Pick your two. Put up two. All right. I'm going to go off on a little limb here. I'm going to go a little different this month. I like it. And I'm going to try to do unique, and I'm going to try to make something we haven't done yet. Okay. 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 So your first choice, 
for me is stained dysfunction. Ooh. Oh, okay. You're, dysfunction, you're, not break the cycle. Okay. No, we're doing dysfunction. Okay. I like that. And number two, many are going to be surprised about this. Orgy candy ass. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went in this week. Those you are good in. ones. You went in. Okay. <laughs> I am. You went totally different. And so I think I'm going to stay the same because I think that the last two months, well, two months ago, we did Lincoln Park hybrid theory, which was my first choice. And then my second choice came second. And then I put that back up again and it had another strong showing. So I just, I got to go with it. This is the, I promise this is the last time I'm putting this on the list. It doesn't mean, (laughs) it doesn't mean we're never going to get to it. It just means that I'm not going to put it back on the list for at least another few months, but I I'll put Papa Roach infest on the list. So this is the last time I'm doing it for a while. So if you love that album, you got to try and get some support for it. And then this one was a narrow second. I mean, you put system of a down toxicity up. I think we both felt like that was going to be the clear winner. Uh, And, but this was a very strong second to that album and I think it the the progression of our show, the way it's gone so far, this album, I know I'm just repeating the two albums I put up last month, but I think this makes sense in the trajectory of the albums we're doing. Slipknot's first album, the self-titled Slipknot's Slipknot. So I'm just putting up oh, the same, same same two albums again, but I think that uh, I, 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 I think you made two good choices too. I, it's going to be interesting because I think a lot of people have some sentimental feelings about orgy, to be honest. Oh, buddy, you're talking to one of them yeah. right now. I love that band. Yeah. So, and, so those uh, are, so those are the four. So we've got orgy, I, Papa Roach, Slipknot and, uh, and stained. I mean, the only, al- I, this may sway the vote too. I fully realize this. The only album I truly violently don't want to listen to is Papa Roach Infest. <laughs> and I'll say I can't, <laughs> recall really listening to it outside of last resort and what was the <laughs> second single from that no idea but uh, we would never be i hated like, that man it was like damage or something damaged or fuck i can't even remember let me look it up because i know there was a second single that came after last resort but i can't remember what it was I always oh, felt bro- like this- broken home, broken home. Yeah. I feel like they yes. tried to make that happen. Yes. They, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as good, but that was like, a I good, mean, yeah, I remember that. Okay. I wanted to go like wildly different vibes than we've already covered. Yeah. Because everything has been like West coast, you know? Right. In a way. So it's kind of like, uh, it's been like very, or I guess Florida too, which is yes. basically the West coast. That's basically but California, Florida. You know, with like more white trash or whatever, but like, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, everything's been like really West coast centric. And I was like, man, it's just time to get some fucking, I mean, orgy is West coast stuff, but it sounds totally different and stained is, I mean, you know, they're going to be a strong candidate. Stain's going to be strong. Stain's going to be strong. So we'll put that poll up. We usually put it up a couple weeks before we record the episode. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, As we said, our Patreon will be launched as of now. So if you've been enjoying the show, please donate. We'll have some great bonus content for you. And we're going to have a few surprises. I'm not going to announce all the tiers on the show, but if you're fans of myself and Brian, I think we got some tiers that you guys are going to really like, including a tier where you can pick what album we review. You can just, if you, you can just be the one vote in the poll and pick what album we choose. So uh, that's that's a big perk, I think. So take a look at that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the POD underscore cast with a K, and we will see you back here next month.